This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody, it's Lon Seibin. It's time once again for your weekly wrap-up, and we've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about today, and you can see all of those topics listed here on screen. We've got a full index down below in the video description, so let's get to it. Now, before we begin, I want to thank our newest supporters here on the channel. They include Logic GR, who made a gold level contribution for the month, Larry Smith, who contributed via DonorBox, and two new Patreon supporters, Jesse Ragsdale and Mo Poppins. I want to thank everyone for their contributions to the channel this week, along with everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis. I also want to thank all of you who watch on a regular basis, too, because all of those things equal channel growth. Now, we have an advertisement this week, and that ad has been pre-recorded, so take a look at me in a different sweater now. Now, this week's wrap-up is being brought to you by our friends at Hostinger. This is a very affordable website hosting company that has a great promotion for you viewers of this channel. If you go to hostinger.com slash lontv and use my coupon code lontv, you can save up to 91% on your cost of hosting, which means that you could probably get in the door uh, for about 80 cents a month if you book one of their annual plans here that you can see on screen. Uh, They want you to know that this will help you succeed faster. And it's funny, just a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine was looking for a really quick website and he didn't want to spend all that much money. This is a great option for that. 80 cents a month, that's like less than a price of a coffee that you'd get at the local coffee shop, yet you can have your entire website ready to go. They've got a lot of different plans that are available. Uh, What's really nice about it is that it's also very easy to use. So I built a little landing page for myself under my Lawn Reviews tech domain. And what I did is I went into the Hostinger control panel, set up my domain. Uh, They have a website builder with a ton of different templates that uh, fall into a lot of different business types. So if you're a restaurant or a media company or whatever, there's probably going to be a template that will work for you. And then after you select the template, you can very easily edit that template with your web browser. I was able to drop in a YouTube video here pretty quickly. And once you hit the publish button, you're done and your website is up and you can then come back and change it later or add pages or do whatever you want all without having to hit any kind of special software or any FTP servers or anything else, just hit the website builder. They also have one-click installs for a lot of popular open source content management systems. So if you wanna go a little more advanced, you can click a button and install WordPress. They've got a bunch of other stuff as well, including shopping carts and a number of other content management systems as well. And if you just wanted to do it manually with some notepad and an FTP account or something, you can do that as well with your Hostinger account. A lot of options available to you. Again, you can start at about 80 cents a month and then work your way up to more powerful servers that they offer. They've got uh, shared hosting, they've got uh, cloud virtual servers, you name it, it's on there, and the prices are all pretty reasonable if you book out one of those annual plans. So check it out, hostinger.com slash lontv, and if you use my coupon code lontv, you can save up to 91% 
on the cost of hosting, which of course will help you succeed faster. Again, there's a lot of options up there. It's kind of fun to shop around for all the different things that they offer, and I'm sure you'll find something that will work for you. I want to thank Hostinger for their support of the channel, and I hope you can support them. And now it's time for the Week in Review. On the Extras channel, we have a couple of things that I unboxed, including the Dell XPS 13 2-in-1. This is the brand new version with the new Ice Lake processors inside. We also took a look at the Razer Jungle Cat, which is a controller for Android phones that makes them look kind of like a Nintendo Switch. And then on the main channel, we did review that Razer Jungle Cat. It was okay, and we had a special guest appearance from Jake, so you can check out that video to see what he looks like. Uh, We also looked at the Bose noise-canceling headphone 700, which is their next-generation wireless headset. Pretty nice, although I do have some issues with Bose and long-term customer service, which I talk about in that video. All of those videos, by the way, are linked down below in the master playlist here. And then we also took a look at the new Roku Smart Soundbar. They've integrated a Roku into the actual soundbar, and they also developed a wireless subwoofer to go with it. And we looked at all of that in that review. So lots to see this week. We are right in the mix of the holiday shopping season now here in the U.S. and throughout the world. Uh, So this is a time of year that my traffic goes up considerably. So I'm trying to get as much stuff up on the channel as possible to keep uh, feeding all of those people looking for information on specific products. So stay tuned. A lot of stuff is on the way. And we've got a lot of news items to discuss this week. The first one is this interesting article in PC Magazine. They paired up with Ookla uh, to look at which states have the speediest internet connections. And they say that the densely populated eastern states where I am seem to do pretty well. My state of Connecticut actually is doing pretty decently on this list with an average speed of about 82 megabits per second. Uh, But like everything, this is only looking at downstream, not upstream. I would love to see an analysis of upstream speeds because that is really what I am hindered by the most here where I live. I'm stuck at like 12 megabits per second, and that is it. I can't even buy a faster tier right now. If you're curious how the rest of the U.S. fared, it looks like New York, California, and Texas all did pretty well given that they have uh, some high-tech, densely populated cities and rural regions that might be doing a little bit slower, but the uh, averaging here works out so that those states look better. Uh, The bottom five states, though, are Wyoming, Vermont, Montana, Idaho, and Alaska, which are very much rural states with very challenging geography, and that's no surprise. And this is where I hope that some of these satellite internet services like SpaceX, Starlink, and a few of the other ones that are slated uh, might start to fill in some of those gaps. We don't yet know what the speed up to Starlink is going to be, Uh, But I do believe they're talking like it's going to see gigabit speeds or close to it, uh, likely on the downstream. And that might become a very attractive service uh, if they're able to get all those satellites up there into low orbit. So check out the article here. It's definitely worth taking a look at. I did tweet them and ask them to do an analysis of upstream as well, because that is certainly going to be important to business users. And we cover a lot of Wise products here on the channel because they're kind of the perfect fit for what we talk about typically. They are low-cost but highly functional Internet of Things devices. They started with low-cost security cameras. Now they've got smart plugs and a few other things that are out there. And they've always been giving you free cloud storage with your cameras. That's going to continue, but they're now offering a subscription tier here called Complete Motion Capture. And this will allow you to have unlimited cloud recordings and they'll charge you $1.49 per camera 
to make that happen. So you can see this grid that they put up here as to what you get uh, from each of the different tiers. Uh, so right now on the regular camera with no subscription, you get 12 seconds of motion recording being delivered to the cloud. Uh, there's a wait time of five minutes before it records again. Uh, on the subscription service, it's continuous, no wait time. It stores everything up in the cloud and you can get access to the footage when the camera is offline in both cases. Uh, what I also like about WISE though is that they offer you the option to do it yourself with a micro SD card and there you'll get some of the same benefits of the cloud service, but if somebody walks off with your camera, you don't have the footage. So it's just something to think about. Uh, what was nice about looking at how they're approaching this service is that you can choose which cameras get the subscription. So if you have 12 of these things, you don't have to buy a subscription for 12. You can buy two and just assign it to the cameras that you want to have that unlimited service on. So if you are a wise camera user, this might be something to consider. Hopefully they keep everything free though for people that are happy with the existing limitations. And it looks like Google is killing off yet another service. This time it is the Google Cloud Print uh, that we have come to know and love through Chromebooks and Chrome OS. Uh, this was the primary means in which you would print from a Chromebook, but it also worked with Android devices and with just regular Google apps. And what's happening here is that Chrome OS has now uh, got much better support for printers built into the operating system. So you can connect to printers over the network locally or directly attach one via USB. And in most cases, the printer is going to work. Uh, in fact, my old Lexmark printer over there, which is about five or six years old, a laser printer that did not support cloud print, is now printing over the network from my Chromebook. It detected it automatically. So that's actually an improvement because I can now print to something I couldn't print to uh, just a few months ago. So that's probably why they're uh, going to phase this out. And in the end, it might actually be better uh, for Chrome OS users because they will be able to print to things now that they could not before. Incidentally, that Lexmark printer is still on its first toner cartridge five years later. Isn't that remarkable? So we're almost to the end of it. I'll probably have a video about that maybe when we do that big swap out of that cartridge. And it looks like YouTube is trying to find a way to help some creators who got caught up in adpocalypse. Uh, we're now about two years out from when all of this began. And if you don't remember what happened with adpocalypse, uh, basically, a bunch of big brands discovered that their ads were running on content that they were not comfortable with because, after all, YouTube targets ads to the viewers and the content that that viewer watching is not as important to their advertising algorithms. But, of course, Starbucks and Coca-Cola and a lot of big brands decided it wasn't good for them to have uh, their ads running against things that people might find offensive or objectionable and they pulled all their ads off until YouTube came up with a solution. Uh, that solution, of course, cost a lot of creators producing this kind of content a lot of money. Uh, so one example here in TubeFilter this week was David Dobrik, who said uh, his earnings per month went from $275,000, must be nice, uh, down to $2,000 in the period of time that Adpocalypse has kind of hit. Uh, so this goes to show you just how quickly these things can impact individual creators. I've always tried to keep my stuff very advertiser-friendly. I'm not very edgy to begin with. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't swear on cameras, so that helps. But uh, this goes to show you that really advertisers drive a lot of this. And it's good to see, though, that YouTube is trying to make an effort here to sell what I think is a very uh, marketable block of content. There are edgy movies that would love to advertise on edgier content, and I think this is a great way to align things. 
Uh, but this whole episode and the recent COPPA thing is a great example of how YouTube just wasn't prepared for certain types of things to happen. Uh, one was that they had zero brand protection, so they had to overreact uh, with Adpocalypse to bring that brand protection on board in a matter of days, essentially. Uh, then with the COPPA thing, they were completely caught off guard there, I think, as well, even though they probably should have been thinking a little bit more about the implications in collecting uh, data from young people. So uh, there's a pretty volatile market we're in here, and you never know what can happen. Uh, but it's good to see that now that things are stabilizing, at least with the brand protection issue, that they're trying now to find a market for the content that was kind of shoved aside during all of that. And I think that's a good development. And if you've got an older smart TV or streaming box, it looks like Netflix might stop working on it soon. Uh, Netflix is shifting their DRM away from Windows Media DRM and requiring all clients to support Microsoft Play Ready. And if the device you're using doesn't support Play Ready, then no Netflix for you. You'll have to go out and buy a new device to be able to keep watching the service. Uh, here's a list of some of the Roku's that are falling into this. Uh, the Roku SD, which is the N1050. I think this was one of the first Roku's to come out. All these are like eight to 10 years old. Uh, so these are the list of the Roku devices that will be impacted by this. On the Samsung side, uh, select 2010 and 2011 smart TV models are impacted by this one. So if your 10-year-old Samsung TV stops working with Netflix, this is why. Uh, Vizio said that the TVs that will be impacted on their end were sold around 2012 to 2014. And it includes some smart TVs with the Vizio Internet apps, or VIA. Uh, so other Vizio TVs should work, but if you get this message, then it's probably about time to go out and buy a cheap uh, Roku stick or a, a Amazon Fire TV or something along those lines. And just in case you missed this big news, this is the new Tesla pickup truck. It is definitely not what I thought their pickup truck would look like. It is a completely uh, crazy design. And I was watching the live stream uh, and I was just cracking up when they rolled this thing out. I said, this thing's ridiculous. How could they possibly sell this? And they started explaining as to what some of the uh, unique design elements of it are. And it sort of makes sense to me. I'm not in the market for a pickup truck. I'm not an expert on what a pickup truck should have. Uh, but my brother pre-ordered one already because he wants to get an electric pickup truck. And this thing apparently has all the specifications that he was looking for in a truck. So good for him. He's going to have to wait a little bit for it. Uh, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this thing. Uh, Tesla did post up a promotional video here that you can see that uh, gives some other angles of this new pickup truck. Uh, surprisingly, the price point isn't all that bad for the entry-level model. And I think it's primarily because they're using this stainless steel, which is, I believe, cheaper to uh, mold or bend into this shape versus stamping out aluminum like they do on some of their other cars. Uh, but it's certainly a very unconventional design. Uh, there's no frame, from what I understand. The uh, structural integrity is provided by the stainless steel exterior. Uh, so there's a lot of people talking about this thing. And my pick of the week this week is a great article that uh, Motor Trend put together on the truck and some of the design decisions behind it. And it really is interesting and, and eye-opening to see exactly what Tesla was thinking about 
when they were putting this thing together. Now, again, I am no expert on pickup trucks by any stretch or even cars in general. I know how to drive a car. I know what I like in cars. I like to talk about cars, but I'm not a car expert. Uh, but I would love to hear some of the experts who are out there uh, give their thoughts on this in our Q&A for you this week. So definitely leave some comments down below on what you think of the truck. If you like it, I'd love to hear why. And if you don't, of course, I'm sure I will hear that as well. Uh, let me know and let's have a cool conversation about a very cool new truck. And now it's time for a Q&A from you, the viewers. And the Tan Man sent me this via Twitter from Lifehacker. And there was a bunch of other articles about this as well, because apparently a lot of folks are finding that their Disney Plus accounts are getting compromised right after they get set up. And the reason why this is happening is not a security vulnerability with Disney, uh, but the fact that people are using the same email address and password combinations on multiple sites. And as we all know, over the years, there's been a lot of big hacks of major retailers and service providers like Adobe Uh, where username and password combinations have been basically sent out to the dark web and stored in huge databases. There are now trillions of records out there of these username and password combinations. And what's happening is that people who have access to this data are testing to see what they can get into when you have a big major launch like Disney+. Plus. So what's happening here is that somebody probably used that password and email combo on Adobe. They're putting it into Disney+, and voila, they're accessing the account. Uh, what's adding some complexity here, though, is that Disney would really like you to integrate your existing Disney accounts with Disney+. Plus. So if you're a visitor of Walt Disney World in Florida, for example, uh, that same account that you use to access things at the park is also the account you use to watch Disney+. Plus. And this, of course, is creating some additional headaches for people who are using that account integration. Uh, so I think it's very important, as another reminder here, to keep a separate password and username for every site that you visit, or at a minimum, have a different password for every site that you visit. Password managers are a great tool for that. Uh, what I thought funny, though, in this Lifehacker article is that they said it was a bit strange that Disney has allowed its fans to link all their services together. This is not strange at all. This is what Disney wants, and this is why the service is so much less expensive than Netflix, because they have discovered, uh, as many others have in the 21st century, that there is tremendous data to be gleaned uh, from your viewing habits, and Disney can look at what you're watching and then start throwing a bunch of merchandise offers at you based on the things that you are consuming online. Uh, they can get you to go to Disney World and experience things, again, based on those viewer habits. Trust me, they're going to be marketing the heck out of you uh, with all this data they're collecting. And the more that they can integrate all these different data points from the different ways that you interact with the company, the better. And this Disney Plus service is a big deal for Disney because they can finally get direct access to end users consuming their content. I remember before, if you wanted to watch Disney content, you had to go to a movie theater that they didn't own or buy a DVD or a Blu-ray that they manufactured but resold through third parties. This is now direct to consumer, and this is a very lucrative thing which is, again, why Disney Plus costs so much less than some of the other competing services out there. So, again, though, just keep those passwords separate for every site that you visit. I'm a big fan of LastPass, so that's a good password manager, and that will prevent a lot of this kind of stuff from happening to you. Now, on a related Disney Plus note, I want to thank Billy Forrest for getting me an extra year 
of Disney Plus service for free, essentially. Uh, if you're not aware, if you have a Verizon cell phone, you can get a year here in the U.S. of Disney Plus as part of your subscription. You activate that through your Verizon account online. But I had already booked out a two-year prepay of Disney Plus. They had a great offer right before it launched. I think I got six months uh, for free if I committed to two years. Uh, so I did that initially, and I thought I wouldn't be eligible to do both that and the Verizon offer. But as it turns out, according to Billy here and now my personal experience, you can. Uh, there's info up here on this link. Uh, and basically what will happen is when you activate service through Verizon, it will pause your prepay for as long as the Verizon uh, deal is available. So this is free for a year, as long as I keep my Verizon account. At the end of the year, they'll unpause my prepay, and I'll get another two years that I had paid for through that promotion. So it's a good deal to do, uh, especially if you have a Verizon cell phone, and especially if you've prepaid. And it was good to see that they thought of people in this scenario who did the prepay and then learned about the Verizon offer later. So do it. It's a year of free service provided you keep your Verizon account and then your prepaid thing will pick up from there. And Logic GR gets a prize this week, not only because he contributed to the channel, but also because he was the only one to notice some changes I made to the lighting here in the studio. Uh, lighting has been the bane of my existence since I began this little thing. Uh, because I just don't know a lot about lighting. I've been just kind of tweaking things as I go, and I still have a lot more to do here. But uh, what happened about a week ago is I really wanted to get a new overhead view for uh, some of the things that I'm doing here on the channel, because a lot of times my hand is blocking something that an overhead view uh, would provide a much better image for. Um, so I went out to B&H Photo, and I bought this overhead thing here that you can see. And I was able to, let me hit my button here, uh, to mount a camera directly overhead. And if you're curious as to what that's going to look like, let me pull it up here and show you. So now I've got like this direct view down. And this camera is the same one that I'm using in uh, the other studio views that you see. It's the exact same camera. It was my spare. And I can make adjustments here with the camera overhead um, just by adjusting it like I do the other ones. So I'm pretty happy with how this is coming together. You're going to see in that Dell tablet review the first overhead image that we have. And while I was working on the camera, I noticed that this thing that I bought from B&H actually had a few more mounts. And I had bought these lights a while back that I never ended up using. There was a project I was going to do that never came to fruition. Uh, and I said, you know what, these would be perfect for an overhead product light. Uh, because up until now, what I've been doing is just having a light off camera here kind of shine down on the desk. And it wasn't ideal for a whole host of reasons. It would often show up kind of shiny on the side of my face. I really wanted to improve things. Uh, about a year or two ago, I went to the YouTube space and they set up a time with me to meet with a lighting director who gave me kind of a crash course in lighting. And I had all these notes of things that I wanted to do and never got around to. So this little project became the opportunity to get some of the lighting figured out. Uh, so I'm working on Sunday today because I want to take some time tomorrow when I usually shoot the wrap-up to finish up some of the lighting adjustments. I'm going to swap out the main light I have here with a better one that I've got. I'm going to do a few more tweaks just to try to get everything working a little bit better. But having this overhead thing is great. I'm really excited about having a top-down view that I can use whenever I need to. Uh, and I'm probably going to take this overhead mounting thing and actually attach it to the ceiling 
Actually, I'm not going to do that. The guy that did the basement for me is going to come in and do it for me uh, because right now it's just kind of held up on lighting stands, which is how it's supposed to work. But I think it would be better to get the stands out of the way of some of the other shots that I'm doing. So uh, those are some of the changes. I'm going to be doing a few more. Uh, If you have lighting experience and you live in Connecticut or close by, you're more than welcome to come by and help me out. (laughs) I'll buy you lunch or dinner or whatever. Uh, But we're getting there. And my hope is to maybe add another uh, fill light just to get my uh, head lit up a little bit. That was one thing the lighting guy said I should look at doing. And then we'll try to light up the back a little bit differently. Uh, Down the road, I want to make my shot look a little nicer, maybe make make it look a little less flat, get some bokeh uh, behind me. So we'll be playing around with things. But uh, the goal is not to dramatically change the look or make this channel look like all the other tech channels. I just want to make things look a little bit nicer. And I talked a little bit about that in my behind-the-scenes video from a few weeks ago. If you missed that one, I'll put it down below in the master playlist. And uh, once I get everything finished up, maybe I'll do another behind-the-scenes to see uh, how it's all coming together from there. Let me know what you think down in the comments below. So this week on the channel, we've got a whole bunch of stuff coming up. The uh, review of that Dell 2-in-1 will probably be up first, and it is ready to go. We just got to upload it, so be on the lookout for that. I'm also going to do a follow-up on the Oculus Quest. I think this is now the ultimate VR headset because they have added a feature that allows you to plug it into your PC and use it as a PC VR headset with a single cable. It works with uh, the Oculus stuff, but also with Steam VR. And I'm going to be doing a little bit more with it and then tell you all about it. Uh, because it really is the best of both worlds. You've got the standalone experience and the PC experience in a single headset. It's not going to be as good as the super top-end PC headsets are, but I think for a lot of consumers, this is a good deal uh, and definitely worth looking at, especially given that some of the Oculus games you might buy for the Quest also give you the PC version as part of the deal, uh, the Vader Immortal series being one of them. I'm really excited about this for... VR and its uh, consumer adoption, so we'll be talking about that. I got in the new Lenovo uh, Google Assistant device. This one kind of goes up against the 7-inch Nest version that Google is offering. Uh, So we'll look at what this one can do that that one can't, maybe do a little comparison. Uh, We've got another solid-state drive to take a look at, this one from CalDigit, a little portable one. Uh, I've got in a new hard drive for Xboxes from WD, a bunch of stuff that I hope to get done this week, so stay tuned. It's it's the holiday season. we got to keep cranking it out. Uh, Let me know if there are things that I should be looking at also that I'm missing here down below in the comments, and I will try to get them in. Now, if you want to support the channel, you can. You can go to lon.tv slash support and make a monthly or a one-time contribution to the channel. We also support the YouTube membership program, so you can become a member through there and get a pretty cool little icon that appears next to your name when you comment on stuff, so that's worth checking out. Uh, We also have our ongoing relationship with Plex, where if you sign up for a free Plex account, no credit card required, uh, we get a small commission. We get a slightly larger commission if you do a Plex Pass or gift it to somebody else. So be on the lookout for that for a good holiday present. Uh, We have other channels that we do stuff on, including my extras channel for unboxings and supplementary content. We have the podcast at lon.tv slash podcast, which is an audio version of this show. We have the Snippets channel where we take off all the different videos that make up this big video and make them separate uh, for better search optimization over at the Snippets. And then we have my live streams at lon.tv slash live streams, which is an archive of all of my prior stuff. And I'm going to be doing more live streaming on Sunday evenings 
Uh, this is a new project I'm doing with Amazon, but I'm going to simulcast it on YouTube, provided my upstream bandwidth is cooperating. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And if you want to uh, be able to know when I go live, you can hit that notification bell and you will be sent a notification either via email or through your mobile phone every time I do something like go live or upload a video. Uh, if you want to engage with the channel, we've got my very infrequent email list at lon.tv email. We have the Facebook page at lon.tv Facebook where a lot of the extras channel content gets uploaded. We have the Facebook group at lon.tv Facebook group. We're almost to 800 members there, a great way to interact with me and other viewers. And then, of course, we have the store at lon.tv store where I sell previously uh, reviewed items uh, here from the channel. These are one-offs, but you often get a very good deal uh, because they are used, but pretty much good as new. And I'll be going through my big pile of stuff here and putting more things up for sale very shortly. So stay tuned for that. If you want to get notified every time I add one of those things to the store, you can go to lon.tv slash store alert so you can be uh, let known when things are available for purchase. And that is going to do it for this week's weekly wrap-up. I'm doing it on a Sunday today just to get caught up ahead of the week. Uh, let me know what you thought down in the comments below. I greatly appreciate all of your feedback, good and bad. Uh, because that helps me direct things, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of feedback on the lighting here as I continue to tweak some of it here in the studio. Until next time, this is Lon Seidman. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters, including Gold Level supporters, the Four Guys with Quarters podcast, Chris Allegretta, Tom Albrecht, Brian Parker, and Kalyan Kumar. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv slash support to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.